my Bible? Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Hey, man, give somebody a knuckle bump and tell them I mean it, man. All right. You guys are really quiet tonight. You tired? Okay. Uh, we we, we got we, we to take care of some business or I'll forget it, right? So the second service, we've got, got some, some giveaways. We've got some tickets to uh, Fever Football. Um, thanks to a good, good friend of ours. And we won't mention any names because we're not supposed to let anybody know that Glenn gave these to us, okay? So uh, oh, did I say that out loud? Okay, so so I got some tickets. So so who who's been coming to the garden for less than six months? Stand up. Yay! Come come on. You, you know if you don't want to go to okay, do me a favor. Do you mind? Do you mind running down here? You come. Yeah, yeah. All you guys just run down here. I'll give you tickets. I'll give you tickets. You, you want to go to Fever Football? A couple tickets. Take two. Yeah, take two. Have a nice time. Take two. If you don't have any money. Uh, Todd, we, we, we can we can do that. Come here. <laughs> we probably get you ha- get that handled before you leave the building tonight. Okay. Uh, what do I got? Let's see. Who 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 has recently in the in the last ninety days signed up to serve in a ministry? Stand up. It's awesome. Giving you three, because there's three of you, right? Some of you guys will buy you a ticket later. Here's two. And bring this back to me later, and I'll give you money for another one. <laughs> all right. Okay, cool. Give them all a hand. It's awesome. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, next week's Easter. I'll tell you now in case you run out in the middle of my message. Uh, Easter at, uh, at the convention center. and Bring people. Right? Bring people. Last year, what do we have? Seven, eight hundred people. Let's blow the walls out. Let's, let's just believe God for something bigger. Right? And, and just uh, gather up all those people. And, 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 you know, by the way, it's really cool. Second service. Uh, you know, uh, you've got a great crowd on second service. This thing's, you know, breathe life into it. I know you came for football tickets next week. Uh, we won't even have it. So maybe we should give away tickets next week or something. You and I got to be here to work, right? Because we're we got to get stuff over there. So next week we're giving away a car. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, and keep 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 inviting, keep bringing, keep believing God. You know, and, and uh, you know when you're looking at these other sections, just how come we ain't sitting over there? Because we're looking at those sections. Because those sections represent people who have yet to come to know Jesus. Right, that we're going we're gonna to bring into the kingdom. Carol, last night, got to pray with a gal at the laundromat and lead her to Jesus in the laundromat in front of a, front of a washing machine. Listen to me. Uh, if you think, wow, this church thing, I don't know about this church thing, don't know about this God thing, you don't know God. You know, what, you know isn't it kind of weird when you first hook up, though? You know, you first come in and, you, and, and you're first getting, you know, your feet wet. And, and, it's, and it's, isn't it kind of weird because, you know, man, there's a singing thing. you got to stand up and sit down, stand up and sit down. Now they want my money and... And, uh, and, you know, and you just, but, you know, but then God shows up. And you let, you let God go to work on you. And I'm telling you, the, the transformation of life and the fact that, uh, you know, I grew up in church. I was born, uh, my mom went home. She was in first service. I was born in the morning, and that night we were at church. I've been in church my entire life. Okay, and let me, let me just tell you a little something about church. There's a King James word for church without God. 
Okay, church without God in it, relationship without God in it, church sucketh. It's, it's horrible, right? Because church people are there. And, um, and, and you know, who, well, what draws us in here? We all got issues. We've all got some challenges. We've all got some, you know, some stuff, you know, and, and God's trying to work on us and change us and renew us. But yet here we come. And some of us, you know, Todd, for example, been around the church a long time, still got so much stuff and, and you know, still in so desperate need. You know, God's working on us. And you separate, you separate from the God factor. And it, this isn't any fun at all. But yet you get God involved in it. And, man, it's just life. Right? It's, it's just life. You know, there's a gal by the name of Joyce Myers. How many of you have heard of Joyce Meyer? You know, and she's got a huge ministry. And, and how many of you know about her, her brother? You know, her brother, uh, not too long ago, uh, they discovered her brother's body uh, in an empty warehouse, decomposed. And, and they brought to her, you know, in one paper sack, his, uh, you know, his personal effects. You know, and think about it. They, they grew up in, a, in the same house. And I got to tell you something. If, if you've never heard her story, the, the reality is is that it was not a good house. Yeah, very rough. I mean, very harsh. It was in. It was incredible that you know that where she's at. Uh, but yet, you know, how did she get there? And what happened to her brother? Well, you know, they they each made different choices. And you know, you, you're not a victim. You you may have been victimized, but you're not a victim. You you got you got to make some choices now. And and you know, the the Bible says that. Uh, I know the plans I have for you. Ever heard that one? I know the plans. God's got a plan for your life, a hope and a future. There's a future. There's something out in front of you that God's taken you to, but yet you've got to make the choices that will get you there. Ephesians says that he has, he has uh, carved out a path ahead of time so that, so that there will be a way for you to go to do the good works for, that he created you for. So in other words, he created you for something that's out in front of you, and he, he even uh, carved out a road for you to get there. Right. He's got he's 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 made the path for you. And uh, another scripture says, I have not seen ear, hath not heard. Neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. You haven't seen it. You haven't heard it yet. It's it hasn't even crossed your mind. The, the, the things that God's going to do, you know, the Bible says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could ask or think. God can blow your mind. Okay? And, and he's got some stuff. Think about that verse. That eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. You, you know, uh, things that are prepared. Prepared means made ready in advance. So, right? Prepared to make ready in advance. If, you, if it's prepared, you don't wait till later to do it. You get it ready before you do it. You with me? Come on. Let's, let's just track for a minute. Uh, you you prepare. You made it ready in advance. So there's some stuff that's been made, set out in front of your future. So when Ephesians says he's carved out a path for you ahead of time, well, why? Because the stuff that he prepared for you is that waiting in a place that he's going to take you. Right? God's taking you to a place, and when you get to the place, the stuff that he's prepared is going to be there so that when you get to where you're going, you'll have what you need to do what you've been called and created to do. Okay? A lot of people, what the enemy, what the enemy does, and it's really his only, his only scheme. To, you know, we act so shocked that hell opposes us. It's, it's really hell's only, only available response is opposition. Okay? To oppose you as you are in passionate pursuit of God's plan for your life. 
And that's, that's why, you know, the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. You know, it's learning to be led by the Spirit, not by my flesh, not doing what I want to do, but doing what God would have me to do, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and letting Him add all that other stuff to my life. And, and you know, the reality is, is that, that He's taken me to a place, and He's got stuff prepared for me, so that when I get to that place, it's there. But it says, for those who love God. Right? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. Not, not who like him. It's not prepared for a fan of Christ. It's prepared for the follower of Christ. There's a difference, right? There, there, there's, I said there's a difference. You're, you're not just, uh, you know, we, we use that, that love thing so, so flippantly. You know, I, man, I love your plicity. You know, you know um, just thinking of stuff. You know, I, right now I'm hungry. And, dude, it sounds good. And uh, I got a punch card, Keith. That is a real bummer when I filled it up because they only give you five ounces. I've never only bought five ounces. I've got to figure out how to only buy five ounces and get a punch card. You know, anyways, another story. But, uh, you know, I love this stuff. I love that thing. I, I love, you know, I, I love my car. It's not the same thing. He's t- you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to keep my commandments. You're going to walk in my ways. Right? You're going to, uh, it's the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. If you ever get to know God, you're going to love God. Right? It's going, to, it's going to take you to a different place. It's going to change you from the inside out. It won't, you know, it just doesn't, you know what's so cool, I, and, you know, maybe you're not into this, but, you know, you know when we all roll up on the Harleys and, and, we, and we get off and we've been riding and we're all sweaty and, and it's been one of them good rides, you know, and uh, in the summer around here, man, you, you know, it's, it's literally like riding through hell out in the, you know, in the desert and, and, you, and you roll up and you go inside and here's all these guys and they just love God. And, and, and there's just something about that, you know, just something about that, you know, when, when you're with some men and, and, you know, I'm sure it's cool for the women too, but it's when you're the men that have met God and they love God and they're not afraid to, to tell people, I live for God. See, and there's just something different about that than, you know, I go to church. Yeah, because, you know, man, I, I went to church my whole, I couldn't wait to get out of church. Right? I mean, I told you, we had church that night. I've been in church. You know, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Bible study, Thursday night, fellowship, Friday night, you know, you know, potluck. And, and, when we, and we had a tent, and so we did church twice a day, seven days a week. We did a revival one time for a year, and, and we only had one day off, and it was two services a day. And i got to tell you something about being in church. It, 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 it's horrible if God ain't there. Isn't it? Can I get a witness? Right, you know, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to do good and be, good. you know, all doing all the good. That's so awesome that we're doing good, and you know, we're teaching you do good, overcome evil, do good. But that's not enough. You know, I said that's not enough. You got to know God. Daniel 11:32 says the people that know their God shall be strong, and they're going to do great exploits. And and the strength that comes when you know God that you don't get because you hung around near somebody that might have known Him. Right? You got a CD or a DVD or a, or a book or a cassette teaching series from somebody that really knows God. It's not the same as you knowing God. And, you know, God ain't trying to run from us. He's trying to embrace us. You know, but, but we always try to do all this stuff. Even in our doing good, it's so easy to shift out there and do good in our own strength. You know, for the wrong motives, you know. And that's why I was saying earlier, don't, don't worry about whether they come to the church or not. That's not the point. 
You know, it, it, it's just it, it's it's just being who God's called us to be and opening that door so that we can have real fellowship with God. So God can really be real in us. You know, God didn't get real in my life until I got real with God. And you get real with God, and all of a sudden, man, He can get real with you. Amen. You know, and we've talked about it before. You've got three images. You've got your true image, your true identity. You have a projected identity. You have a, 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 a what's the other one? A perceived identity. Your, your perceived, you know, identity is how you think people see you. Your projected identity is how you want people to see you. And your true identity, that's the one you hardly ever take out of the house. And the one that Jesus died for is the true identity, the true you. That's the one that gets anointed. That's the one that got saved. That's the one that, that gets relationship with God. And one reason so many people don't ever really know God is because they don't really live in their true self. And you, you just got to realize that, man, you got to get real with God. You just got to say, okay, here I am. You know, warts and all. You know, I got some issues. I got some challenges. I'm not going to stay that way. But if you ever think that you're going to live life without them, you're, you're going to crack. You're always going to have some stuff because God's connected you to people, and, and, and people are going to bring the stuff that's in you to the surface. You go, you'll find it. But the reality is, is that you just got to get real with God. There's a, there's a scripture I want to read to you from Psalms. We'll put it on screen. Psalms 34:19. This is great, isn't it? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Isn't that neat? Say, yeah, thanks a lot. Many, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many, many. You know what the word many means? It means abundant, much more than, exceedingly, beyond. There, there's always something. Many are the afflictions. Many, there's always going to be some stuff, right? Many are the afflictions. Dude, this word's horrible. It means to be disagreeable, unpleasant, displeasing, worse than the worst, unkind, wicked, sad, and unhappy. And I'm thinking I know that guy. <laughs> the afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Well, wait a minute. I thought serving God was going to be fun and going to be easy and going to be cool. It is. But it comes with the stuff, too. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I don't know why we act so shocked when life shows up. Well, you know, we, we are doing layoffs. And, you know, we, we got guys we want to just stand in faith with and speak life to. Because, you know, they just got laid off. But, you know what, we don't live according to the world's, you know, thing. Right? You got a secular system of logic and you got God's system of logic. And according to the Bible, it says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That God causes all things to work together for my good. Because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. That, that no weapon formed against me can prosper. And everything that rises against me, I can condemn. My Bible says that I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Well, if, if that's true, then many are the afflictions of the righteous. Righteous, those who are living according to God's law. Those who are in right standing. Remember Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. That's what the Amplified says. Amplified Bible says his way of doing and being right. Seek God's way of doing and being right, and the Lord will deliver you out of them all. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that matters. Because, you know, in, in, your, in, in the Bible, when it's all caps, it's, it's Jehovah. When it's capital G-O-D, it's, it's a different word. When it's capital L, little O, little R, little D, it's a different word. Well, this means covenant God. You know, capital G, capital O, capital D, that's the creator God. 
You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, G-O-D, the creator, right? And, and that's who he is. But this Lord is the covenant God. This is the one we have relationship with, okay? This is the one that, that we commune with. If you only know God as the creator, and he's just out there somewhere, way out there, and, and you know, if he ever does anything, it's because he's mad, and that would be like Katrina, you know, or, you know, if you went to buy a lottery ticket and your chances were more, you could be struck by lightning, what was it, like 17 times before you got the winning ticket? And it happened to you. That's God, right? And, you know, because he's trying to zap you. And, you know, some people, their 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 mindset and their belief system regarding God is so crazy because he's just off, he's, you know, spooky almost. He's just out there. Well, that guy... He doesn't get delivered in all of this stuff because he doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't have covenant. He's not walking in relationship with a, with a covenant God. See, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him. Delivers him. And I know what we're thinking, deliverance, baby. Yeah, that's where I get sucked up off the face of the planet, right out of the middle of my hellacious situation, Plop down on a white sandy beach. There's somebody hand me a drink with an umbrella sticking out of it, and it tastes like, you know, coconut. That's deliverance. No, no, that's translation. Right? That's, that's like Star Trek. Right? Beam me up, Scotty. De- deliverance. Deliverance. This word deliver, it doesn't mean to be snatched up. It means to be equipped to fight and win. The, the Lord, God will equip you to fight and win. You know, there comes a point in time, you know, the, this laundry thing. You know what's really cool at our house? I was telling the first service that we have these things at our house. Uh, they're called magic drawers. Magic drawers. And you should, get, you should get some magic drawers. The boys, you know, the boys still have their magic drawers. And, 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 and you know what a magic drawer is, right? You, you open up the magic drawer, you pull out your clothes, and, and you put the clothes on. And I'm one of the boys. And, uh, and you, put your, you put your clothes on, and you close the drawer. You wear the clothes. You get the clothes dirty. You throw the clothes in a specified spot, right, just on the floor. And then you go to bed. You get up, you, you, well, as long as it's the right spot. And, and you get up in the morning. You go, you open the drawer, and there they are again. Magic drawers. <laughs> but yet, you know, when, when you're raising the kids, then there come a point in time that you look at the kids and you go, hey, it's not magic. You know, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, all the men, it was so, it was kind of cool last night how many men were at a laundromat washing clothes. And, and I, and there were so, and I won't, I won't tell on anybody, but there were guys that walked into the laundromat and said, what are those things? You know, you know, they, they, you know, we ain't never seen that stuff before. So it's like, whoa, you know, a big breakthrough moment for us. And uh, we probably ought to give a round of applause to the people who do our laundry. Hello? You know, maybe like a standing ovation or something, you know, in your heart. And, uh, you know, people who take care of you. There comes a point in time when you're raising the kids that you point out that the fact that that's not a magic drawer. And it's about time for you, Junior, to learn how to do your own laundry. Hello? It's about time for you to start taking your own steps, to start, you know, to start taking responsibility for your own life, you know, and, and picking up after yourself and, and growing, you know, it's my, you know I, I think I mentioned it last week, but it, it bears repeating. My dad would talk about, how, you know, how cute babies are. Babies are so cute. You know, they're cute. Remember when you brought home that cute little bundle of joy, you know, from the hospital? He's so cute. He wasn't cute. He had a pointed head. 
you know, and, and it, he was messed up, you know, and I'm talking about you. And, and he, was, he, was, he was crazy looking, but you ever, and he cute, yeah. And, you know, and I'm in the closet praying, heal him, Lord. And, uh, um, but, you know, and, i got to talk about something. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, you bring your baby home, and, and, and you got the ba- your little bundle in your arms, and you got the bottle, and you're feeding the baby, you know, oh, it's so cute, it's so cute. And it's cute, you know, to give a baby a bottle, but if you have to part the whiskers to put the bottle in, it ain't cute no more. And there comes a point, there comes a point when, when, you know, you're wanting God to translate you, and he's wanting to deliver you. He's wanting to give you what you need. The Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Amplified Bible says, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. There's a reason that God's given you strength. There's a reason that he's infusing you with power so you can get on your two feet and begin to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis so that you can hand the enemy his hiney for a while instead of you always running, you know, for, for, are you feeling me? That God, God wants to deliver you, but, but he'd like you to get involved, right? Uh, James 1, 5 says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. It, it, well, why does God want me to have wisdom so you know what to do when you don't know what to do? There are moments in life that you don't know what to do, but you've got a covenant relationship with a loving God. So he says, I'll tell you what, you come to me and I will give you wisdom. I'll let you know what to do when you don't know what to do. Why? So you can... Do it. You know, he didn't say, if you don't know what to do, just ask me and I'll come do it for you. It's not what it says. It says, if you don't know what to do, ask me and I'll tell you so you can do it. God wants to deliver you out of all the stuff. But you've got to have, you gotta have a revelation that God, I've got this relationship with God that's giving me power and strength for life. You know, any of you guys own it, uh, dogs? Anybody own a, own a dog? Anybody have chihuahuas? I'm going to mock you for a while. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you got a chihuahua. Do you really? That's so sad. Uh, it's okay. It, it's okay. It could be like compassion, mercy gift that's operating. Yeah, it's not, l- listen, chihuahua is not even a dog. It's a rat with a hormone problem. Okay? It's just, it's just a, you know, it, it, you know. <laughs> What's funny about it, what's, what's, what's hilarious about Chihuahua is the fact that people are scared of them. Huh? You know, it's true. There's people that are scared to death of Chihuahuas. And, and it, because, you know, you, kind of the, you come by the front yard and the Chihuahua runs out to attack. They're like a great little guard creature. And, uh, uh, and, and they're, they're attacking, the, you know, they're leaning up against the fence and, and their teeth are sticking out and they're foaming at the mouth. And the, the, the fence is this tall. And, and and they're there, and people are running from the fence, you know. But if you ever went, hey, you know, and the dog would just freak out and run back in the house. And, and to me, Satan's kind of like a burnout chihuahua. And it's foaming at the mouth, barking, scaring a lot of people. But the Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. The word destroy does not mean break. He didn't break Satan's power. He destroyed it. To, something that's destroyed is annihilated, annihilated or rendered you know, in, in usable. Uh, that w- it, the reason it matters is because if he had broken the enemy's power, that which is broken can be repaired. The enemy's power can't be repaired. He's a defeated foe. He, he is a defeated foe. Well, why is he messing with me? Great question. Why would you let a defeated enemy rule and reign your world? 
Well, are you saying he's not operating? No, the God of this world has minded, blinded the minds of has minded the blinds has blinded the minds of those which believe. That's what he does. But but you've got the truth. See, and if you have a relationship with God, God begins to speak to you, and you begin to realize, dude, I'm letting I'm letting a defeated, overgrown Chihuahua dictate my life. No, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord strengthens us so that we can walk out of all of it. I'll never be defeated. I, I can't be taken under. Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them, cause them to fall, stumble, fail. Nothing. Great peace. Great peace. We're not talking little peace. We're talking great peace. You got, you got this... You got this Insane opportunity to press into a relationship with God and have God reveal himself to you so that no matter what life offers you, it's cool, man. We got this. Because, you know, Psalms 118, verse 6 and 7 in there, the Lord is on my side, not on my team. He's on my side. Jeremiah 33, 3, you know, call me and I'll answer you and show you great mighty things which you know it's not. It's missing things, hidden things, secret things, things you couldn't possibly know. God said, I'll tell you everything you need to know. So don't get distracted with the stuff of life. Just press into the relationship because the people who know their God, Daniel 11:32, the people who that know their God, they're strong. They're just doing great things for God. The people who don't know God, they don't have no strength. They got a T-shirt and a bumper sticker and a broken heart. And they go to church for 35 years. And they're hung up on the wrong issues. They're, they're focused on everything that doesn't matter. And, you know, well, are we mocking them? Yeah, a little bit, only to make a point. Well, because I know so many of them. There's no so many of them. And, you know, Jesus didn't come so that you could hang in there till you know, some glad morning when this life is over. You know, in the sweet by and by. What about the nasty here and now? You got you got life to deal with, and you got a God that's trying to give you relationship. Okay, there's some stuff that you should do, you know. And, and, and I've I've got a whole bunch of notes, but tonight I'm just I'm just I'm just going to give you a couple of things that you should do to to increase your relationship with God, and walk in that covenant. Walk in covenant. You don't get to live any way you want to. All right. Uh, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing. What's God want to do? He wants to change the way you think. James 1 says, that, you know, uh, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. The soul is the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. God's word will change you. If it's not changing you, then you ain't in it right. And if you ain't in it right, get some help. Romans 12 says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And then it, it goes on and it starts talking about the body. Well, here's the deal. If you think that you can do God life on your own, then you think too highly of yourself. You, you can't do it on your own. Okay? Proverbs 18.1, he who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. With my translation, the field is, I'm writing my own Bible. In my translation, it says, he who separates himself from God or man is an idiot. Why? Because we all try it. We all try to disengage. No, 57 times in the Bible it says one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Why? Because you need 
another. You can't do God life alone. So here's some things that you can do that will help you grow. They're not, this is not great big deep revelation. You know, give me a heavy revy. Here, here's a revelation for you. One, get in the Word. Get in the Word. Study the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why? Because you need it. You need the word of God. Well, I don't know where to start. Then ask for help. You don't have an excuse. Well, I read it and I fall asleep. Grow up. Get your big boy pants on. Hello? So tired of sissified saint crap. Will you pray for me? What scripture are we agreeing on? I don't have one. Well, go get one. Well, you're, yeah, that's not very nice. I, that's me. I'm not very nice. Okay, what's next? You know, grow up. Well, I need, I need somebody to comfort me. Let me give you the name of 73 other churches that would be glad to have you there. Well, I'm just I'm telling you. Because you ain't going to get any victory if you think that it's all going to come because you're hanging out and singing songs. You're going to be nothing but disappointment and regret. And I just want to tell you the truth. You want to get strong. You want to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And you're going to get in the Word. And if you don't get in the Word, you're going under. Okay? And I don't really want to watch people do that. I'm telling you, you know, seriously, you know, some of the leadership team, we've kicked this thing around because, you know, could we build a big old honking massive bunch of people? Yeah. But we'd have to soften up a little bit. We have to change the message just a little bit because, you know, if we, if we just make it really inclusive and, and back off some of it, and let's just get a small group and tell them the truth. Well, I'm heck with that. I'm just going to tell you flat up, full disclosure. If you're not in the Word every day, you're not in covenant with God. Your dude has got a nice T-shirt. Thanks for buying it. But it ain't going to help. You gotta have, you've got to have the Word of God. You've got to. Because the second thing that you got to do requires the Word of God. And the second thing you got to do, number one, you got to get in the Word. Number two, are you, you guys doing okay? I'm almost done. Say, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I can't wait to get out of here. Okay, number two, I don't actually say it. I mean, okay, number one, somebody's going, thank you, Jesus. I can't wait to go. Okay, he's so mean. <laughs> that was good. Made myself laugh. Okay, okay, number one, what was number one? I forgot. Get in the Word. Number two, pray. Be a person of prayer. Well, I thought you said that number one was required for number two. It is. It didn't say whine to Jesus. That sounds like a cool worship song, though. Whine to Jesus. You know, you know we, we do so much stupid stuff and call it prayer. You know, I'm praying. You're not praying. You're whining. You're complaining. Right? You're trying to sell a used car or something. You know, Effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence, getting to agreement with God on that word. So really effective prayer. Put that scripture up for me. Would you, Psalms? Uh, Many are the afflictions of the right. How about we just pray this one? You just take this one and pray it every day this week. Well, I don't want to pray the afflictions. Yes, you do. God, I just thank you today. Because your word says that many are the afflictions. So I'm not shocked that issues are coming my way. I'm not blown away today, Lord, because I'm going to, have, I'm going to face challenges. You know why? Because I'm walking a God life, and so there's going to be opposition. Hell's coming against me today. <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate hell's defeat. I'm leaving the house today, and I'm going to humiliate hell. Why? Because I'm in a covenant relationship with you, Lord. 
and you're going to give me wisdom and insight and revelation and understanding. You're going to pour strength into me, and you're going to equip me to fight and win in every situation. So, God, today I just thank you that as I leave this house, I'm not leaving on my own because you're on my side. And we're going to go out here, and together with you operating in my life, I can't, I'm, I'm undefeatable. Now, now you're praying. Well, I don't know how to pray. Okay, Thursday mornings at 6 stinking a.m. in the morning, you can come in here and meet with the men. If you're, if you're one of the men, 6 a.m. That's awful early. That's what I say every Thursday. I'm not a morning guy, but we did this thing. And, and you know, now we got every day of the month covered, and people are fasting, and guys are growing. And, and well, uh, well, that ain't going to work for me. Okay, then, then find somebody up who make it connect. Right? You know, ladies, get, get involved in extraordinary and hook up and pray. Pray. I mean, pray. Jesus went from prayer meeting to prayer meeting and performed a few miracles in between us. All he did was pray. And, 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 he, and he said, you know, I don't do anything at all except the Father tells me. He said, I don't say nothing that the Father doesn't tell me to say it. Well, where did he get that information? In his prayer life with God. We're running around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And God never had anything to do with it. And then he's got to come along and clean up our mess. Hello. We, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, and God will deliver them out of them all. But you've got to be in the Word, and you've got to be praying. Well, can't we give $77 on the 7th and, and, get, and get $77 billion back if we do 77 acts of kindness? Sounds cool. It ain't gonna work. You gotta know God. You gotta know His Word. And, and you gotta communicate with God. You know, and we're gonna do everything we can. Well, I, I want a small group. You've got one. It's called your family. Start there. Pray with your wife. Pray with your spouse. We're not married. Well, first move to different houses. Sorry, I'm just mocking you. Okay. Hook up with who God's got in your life. Start growing. Make a commitment. We're going to grow. We're gonna, come on, make a commitment. We're going to grow. Not going to be the same. Not, not, I'm not going to make excuses for my broken down life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it God's way. Okay, I'm just going to live, I'm going to live it God's way. And at the end, uh, I'll just tell you this much. Man, there's, there's some great scripture, and I, I couldn't get there, and we're done, because uh, we're done. And I've got to tell you how far down my notes I got. i got... Three pages of notes, uh, you know, if I print them, there's three pages, and, and i got the first three lines. We got through the first three lines, and I went, hallelujah. Okay, so uh, let me just tell you this. There's, if you make it, to, making it to the end is what God requires. Remember that one? Making it to the end is what God requires. And, and when, you, when you stay and finish, you won't be sorry. Now, let me tell you, just let, let me just wrap this up with this thought. If you do life your way, you have nothing but regret. If you do life God's way, you get nothing but blessings. Come on now. You're really not that dumb. Don't do life your way. Do life God's way. Don't let the enemy defeat you. Don't let him deceive you. Don't let him convince you, well, I'm special, and that doesn't really apply, and that was a long time ago that they said that. No, we're living God's word, God's way. And when we do what he said, he produces what he promised every single day time and if you're not going to do life god's way and you want to hang with us it's cool but realize you are sermon fodder right 
I call you target practice. Because I, I get to shoot at you. I get to rib you. I get to, I get to jab you. I, I get to nudge you. I, I, I get to shake you. Why? Because I'm hoping, uh, you know, go tonight. You go, well, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Okay, go read Second uh, Corinthians 6 and 7, and especially in the, Bible, in, in, the, in the message, in the Bible, especially in the Bible. Especially, read, read it. Especially, it's really good in the Bible, especially in the message, because uh, Paul's writing a letter, and he goes, man, I'm sorry that my, uh, you know, he said, at first I felt awful that my letter had hurt you, but, but not now. Because I realized that, that even though you were upset, it was only for a while, and it prodded you to go towards God. And that when, when regret moves you to God, that's a good thing. So, you know, toughen up, buttercup. You're going to live in sin. We're going to beat on you. Because you'd rather get beat on by the preacher about sin than let sin eat you up alive. And have us standing by saying, well, it's okay. You're just so nice and we're so glad you're here. Do you have any more money in your pocket? Okay, let's pray. I need to go eat. <laughs> Close your book. Bow your head.